from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Lussier, and today we're looking at the story of the guillotine, the bloody icon of the French Revolution, and a sobering reminder that it's always with the best intentions that the worst work is done. As a warning, today's episode includes descriptions of state-sanctioned executions and may be disturbing for some listeners. The day was April 25, 1792. A French bandit became the first person to be killed by guillotine. The victim in question was Nicolas Jacques Pelletier a highwayman who had been convicted and sentenced to die for the crimes of robbery and murder. Although his trial had ended in December of 1791, Pelletier's death was postponed till the following spring, as the means of his execution was still being developed. In the early 18th century, the French government had many different ways of dispatching its criminals. Some were straightforward, such as hanging or burning at the stake while others were more imaginative, like being drawn and quartered by four horses galloping in opposite directions. The one thing the methods had in common was that they were all needlessly cruel and painful. That's because most executions were held in public in the hope that the gruesome displays would act as a warning to other unruly citizens. Only rich and powerful criminals were spared a torturous death, For them, death came in the form of decapitation with an axe or sword, a swift and relatively painless way to die. The disparity between these forms of punishment came under fire during the early days of the French Revolution. The movement was rooted in egalitarian principles, so of course it opposed a system of capital punishment based on class. Several Enlightenment thinkers promoted more humane methods of execution, but the real tipping point in the debate came in 1789. That's when Dr. Joseph Ignace Guillotin 
appeared before the National Assembly in Paris. He was a deputy of the revolutionary government, but also a professor of anatomy. In that dual role, he argued that it was unfair to grant a slow, torturous death to common criminals while reserving a quick, humane one for aristocratic felons. He urged his fellow lawmakers to stay true to the ideals of the revolution by adopting beheadings as the one and only method of execution for people of any class. Dr. Guillotin's proposal was debated for the next two years and ultimately accepted. In 1791, the National Assembly made decapitation the only legal form of capital punishment in France. The new system immediately hit a snag, though, when it was pointed out that most of the nation's executioners had never swung a sword. Not only would the state have to train dozens of executioners, it would then have to supply them with standard equipment, including prisoner restraints and a steady stream of fresh swords. And even then there was no guarantee an executioner would land a clean blow every time. The solution to that problem of efficiency came once again from Dr. Guillotin. In his initial address, he had suggested that France build a kind of beheading machine, a device that would drop a blade with the same force each time. He pitched the idea to his colleagues, saying, quote, The mechanism falls like lightning. The head flies off, the blood spurts, the man no longer exists. It wasn't a wholly new idea. Other European countries already had similar devices, such as the Scottish Maiden, the Gibbet, and the Manyaya. France's take on the concept would be largely the same, consisting of a large weighted blade attached to the bottom of a wooden block and braced on either side by upright supports. A rope and pulley was used to hoist the blade several feet into the air, and when released, the blade would fall cleanly chopping off the prisoner's head and sending it tumbling into a wicker basket below. Despite its name, the guillotine was actually designed by a different doctor, Antoine Louis. The prototype built from his design was first tested on live animals and later on human corpses. The results prompted a redesign, with the straight-line blade being swapped out for a sharp, slanted one. In April of 1792, a final test was held at a hospital where the corpses of three stocky men were successfully beheaded. The new triangular blade earned the approval of France's chief executioner, Charles-Henri Sanson, and with that, the guillotine was declared ready for action. Its first unlucky customer was Nicolas-Jacques Pelletier, who had spent five months on death row, waiting for the means of his destruction to be completed. The day finally came on April 25th, when Pelletier was led onto a platform in the plaza outside the Hôtel de Ville in Paris. Public executions were generally well attended, but the debut of the state's new execution device drew an even bigger crowd than usual. Curious Parisians had gathered there hours early to watch the soldiers assemble the strange new contraption. Then, the big moment finally came. The executioner, Sanson, secured Pelletier's neck into the bottom of the guillotine, which had been painted blood red for the occasion, and then released the weighted blade. It was all over in an instant. Pelletier's head was safely deposited in its basket, out of view of the crowd, and the floorboards of the scaffold, now soaked through with his blood, were quickly covered over with sawdust. That efficiency made the guillotine a success in the eyes of the state, but for the bloodthirsty public, it didn't make for a very satisfying show. 
Some in the crowd that day began chanting, Give me back my wooden gallows, a sentiment that would be echoed by many members of the public for years to come. Despite that somewhat chilly reception, the guillotine rollout continued unabated. Dozens of the machines were manufactured from the same design and sent out to towns across every region of France. It wasn't long before the public warmed up to the guillotine and began to appreciate its clinical efficiency. Within a few months of Pelletier's execution, the revolution had changed shape into something much darker. The year that followed became known as the Reign of Terror, a period in which thousands were executed by guillotine, often without trial and with little cause. At the height of that slaughter, Sanson beheaded 300 men and women in just three days. And in a clear sign of the times, the former royal executioner even guillotined his old boss, King Louis XVI. The frequency of those public killings made them part of popular French culture. Some people attended them on a daily basis, and others wrote songs and poems praising France's new killing machine, the so-called National Blade. Pretty soon, an entire cottage industry sprang up around the grisly spectacle. Vendors sold programs listing the names of the day's victims, and a nearby restaurant rebranded itself as the Cabaret de la Guillotine. Even toy makers got in on the act, producing miniature working guillotines that children could use to behead dolls and even live mice. Some towns eventually banned the toy guillotines for fear of their corrupting influence, and nearly 200 years later, France finally did the same to the real thing. The last French execution by guillotine occurred in 1977. Then, four years later, France cut ties with its invention for good by abolishing capital punishment altogether. As for the guillotine's namesake, there's a persistent myth that he fell victim to the blade himself. In reality, though, Dr. Guillotin lived until 1814 and died of natural causes. He was reportedly appalled to see the device he'd championed reduced to a tool of assembly line slaughter. And as you can imagine, he was less than thrilled that his name had become synonymous with a deadly invention, particularly since he hadn't technically invented it. I can sympathize with that to some extent, since Dr. Guillotin seems to have had fairly good intentions. But at the end of the day, if your contribution to society is a machine that chops people's heads off, you probably shouldn't expect to walk away unscathed yourself. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.